Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line. Corks 96 FM. Hi, Tom. Good morning to you. PJ, how are you, sir? It's been a while, dude. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Now, we, we've talked before about how healthy eating habits start when you're very, very small. Is this yes. crazy, though, or is this good science? No, um, like, I mean, very, very small, but go back further than that. I mean, how we come into the world, it depends on what our mums eat. So there's a massive influence on uh, of diet on all our aspects of all our life and being and and, and uh, how we assimilate food, what we what we need as food. So it goes back to the womb. Now, from a very very early age, our habits are formed. The first four years of life are incredibly important in terms of brain development, and anything that we're exposed to, anything that stimulates a response, these happen very very early because they're survival traits that have been built into our evolved systems for hundreds and thousands of years. So it's without getting too technical on that, like bad habits from the start that are layered down in the first four years are the ones that we carry on that are associated with the comforts that we have growing up. And they, they set precedence for what develops in terms of what type of bacteria grow in our stomach. And the more we're exposed to foods that are low in anything that can stimulate these responses, then the more likely we are to continue what are inadvertently called bad habits as we get older without thinking about it. Are you suggesting so, there that that baby is born pre-programmed with mammy's eating habits? There, yeah, there's, there's a lot in it because obese babies from obese mums tend to be on the heavy end of the the weight scale and the obese scale and all the other problems associated with obesity as they grow older. Um, healthier babies, when they look at the epidemiology, tend not to live as long and they, they tend to die earlier. Um, and, and I mean, that's an absolute fact. So exposing kids to sugary, anything sugary or anything processed, in a lot, and um, for a lot of the time, um, it, it does set up those bad habits and you know, there's an awful lot of sense to be had with the guidelines that have come out. Now, I know we say half a biscuit is pretty impractical, but by habit forming, I mean, uh, on a personal level, for the first two years, uh, none of my, my, my kids were exposed to the sugar. Uh, when I was buying any treats, I might buy a packet and share out a packet, maybe get one sweet each, and oh, it sounds terrible, but for the first couple of years, this is what you need to do if you want to conscientiously affect how you think your kids are going to turn out. So based on what's there and the science coming back from the studies that they're doing, from the large epidemiology studies they're doing, 
all the trouble seems to stem from high exposure to processed foods and sugary foods, sugary drinks to kids when they're young, because kids will gravitate towards the sweeter food. It, like, it's just incredible the way they do. Yeah. They gravitate towards it. You know, there's, the kids aren't being breastfed. They're not getting the right, the right nutrient balances. You know, they're not developing the way we were evolved to develop. We're putting foods that are stimulating massive responses, layering down massive habits, you know, like the extremes of sugars, you know, good food, they're, they're set at a young age. And once you get those set, like, it's very, very hard to reverse them and get rid of them. Now, here's the thing. And, and you, your youngsters have obviously had the benefit of, of your training and you've brought them through their first couple of years as well as you can. But I'd almost promise you, Tony, that if I put a carrot stick on one side of the table and a square of chocolate on the other side of the table... Which one will your child go for? The square of chocolate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's so, naturally I mean, built into kids, isn't it, to run for this stuff? Well, well, again, I mean, you have to be very, very careful with... It's naturally built into kids to take what they know is nice. If, you're, if, you, if you come along and you're used to eating, you know, if you're a primitive society and you see chocolate, you won't know what it is. Mm. Because you know what it is, because you're associating the visual context of looking at chocolate, the taste, the niceness, the yumminess... You've got to grab the chocolate. If you don't know what it is, it's not there. So if you have a habit set out whereby you're eating foods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're drinking water, you're not drinking fruit juices, milk, that becomes what you're exposed to. That's the thing you gravitate towards. If it's not there, if you don't have that pattern set up, you're going to be less likely to grab for it. Right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of balance here at PJ. You know, I think a lot of people are more conscientiously engaged now than they would have been before. But when you look across socioeconomic strata of society, it tends to affect, you know, the lower end of the um, of, of that strata more than the people who can have the time to think about it. Yeah, now, we, we hear the, the food poverty argument. And in fact, that article I was quoting from, there's a line in it where she says, instead of putting parents on the naughty step, how about giving us a hand? Maybe make healthy food cheaper and more accessible and the sugary stuff less prolific. Again, you know, all agreeable statements, but the practicality of these things is is incredibly difficult, PJ. There's massive businesses and infrastructures and jobs and everything built up around these industries. Like Big Pharma, Big Food, they are enormous businesses. People talk about getting healthier food on the table. The practicality of that is incredibly difficult. Healthy food tends to be fresher food, which has a shorter shelf life. It's difficult to get. You have to prep it. People want facility. Their uh, parents are out working their, to their wit's end. Like two parent family uh, working, no time to come home and prep mm. for the kids. There's not a whole lot of prep in a carrot, Tony, in fairness. Hang on a second now. It depends peel it and on wash it and it. slice peel it. it. Wash it. Hang on a second now. When's the last time you peeled and washed the slice of carrot, TJ? Um, well, first of all, I'm a lazy bugger. I, I, I buy yeah, the exactly. buttons. But, 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 hold, on while, hold on a while. Hold on a while. Hold on a while. It takes, it's a, I haven't done it, but it takes, you, you talk about all learning good habits. We all have to learn good habits. A packet of carrots is cheap. You, you, it takes five minutes to, to peel them and wash them. And right, PJ, hang on a second though. You ask any chef, they're stuck in the kitchen, right? Yeah. And they have to get all the food on the plate at the right time, at the right temperature. So the carrots takes 20 minutes, the potatoes takes 15 minutes, the peas take two minutes. Are you sitting down now and telling me the people have the time to coordinate all these things, come home for a job and sit down and say... Oh, God, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm yeah. not. But if we have... How do we make it easier then? 
Like, I mean, like, like you, you look at obesity, you look at the figures and you say, yeah, there's a problem because the percentages of people now who are overweight, it's, it's enormous and it's getting bigger. There was 1.7 billion in 2015. The figures that came out from Ivan Perry in UCC said there was 1.7 billion spent on obesity and the cost of obesity in this country alone. Not in Northern Ireland, in, in Ireland, 1.7 billion. Now that stems, like obese people aren't just created out of the blue. It's a gradual thing and it's a state they arrive in. That state begins and commences to begin from an early age. Right. And what people who are putting these diet pyramids together, what they're looking at is the end result based on what they're gathering and collating up to now. Now that often we scoff, but we, we've got to get the message out there. Keep the processed food away from kids as early as possible. Mm. There's been an awful lot of research done into childhood obesity. They looked at the breast milk as opposed to formulaic milk. And yeah. they said, what's the difference be- between the two? Why are breastfed kids a little bit healthier? Well, they looked at the amount of bacteria that grows in the gut from breastfed children and formula-fed children. And what they found in breastfed milk was they found a type of sugar Right, a thing called an oligosaccharide that had no function whatsoever, that wasn't broken down, that wasn't used for anything other than stimulating a response in the gut to make a certain type of bacteria grow, a good bacteria, which would help with the well-being and the digestive ability of children who were breastfed. Now, that was an amazing insight. That was yeah. only found out last year, I think, yeah. Now, people who eat processed food food that doesn't have anything in it that can induce some type of a, a, a gut response, a biome response to the food, they tend to be denuded and they tend to be less able and they tend to shift the nutrients in and out of the gut a lot quicker than kids who've got these bacteria, okay. which in turn leads to more storage, more you know, creating that environment where you can soak up all these nutrients and end up being obese. And because there's no practical function to being obese other than to, to enable you to keep eating, these problems spiral out of control. So if you have a thought for the long-term effect of what's happening with your kid, if you view these things as things, you know, the, the processed foods, the sugary foods, as, as, as treats, you know, a weekend treat, which there's nothing wrong with it, and, and get them down the whole food route because you, you're layering down for their future. Mm. And look at it that way, uh, instead of saying, oh, sure, sugar, God, love us, what's wrong with a biscuit, what's, what's wrong with a sweet? There's nothing wrong with any of these things in, at any one snapshot in an instant of time. But if you keep saying there's nothing wrong with it, then you can give them treats every single day. Yeah. And then you're building up that response. And because they're empty calories and because kids are so finite, they're so small, what will happen is that they look for those empty calories. They're filling their calorie remit. Mm. They're not getting proper nutrition. And so they keep looking for more food because they need the nutrition that they're not getting. So it just creates a spiral of sugar, 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 okay, sugar, okay. sugar. So how would government help us to form those good habits? One I can think of, given that fantastic piece of science you gave me there, is to encourage, support and develop far more breastfeeding. Well, I, I, I think that, I mean, again, without putting pressure on people who don't have the time for that, PJ, you, you can't create a situation to say that, oh, you're neglecting your kid. You, you can't say that, like formulas are very good, people survive in it. But if you want to look at best options, I mean, if you were to go to the best options, PJ, we'd all row, row over to an island, grow our own veggies, cut off tellies. Absolutely. Live like monks. And, and that's an extreme. That's not going to work. We've got to find the balance. Yeah. Now, you know, giving your child a quarter of a biscuit a week and uh, two crisps and, uh, you know, one slice of um, a hard-boiled sweet or a jelly, and that's your quarter of sugar for the week, 
Now, that's not going to work either. That's, that, that's pretty impractical. Mm. But if kids are pra- if the kids are out and if they're exercising and if they get a good balance of you know good wholesome food, good solid breakfasts, good solid meals, lots of meat, a big emphasis on meat because we need a lot of good quality protein to grow and develop gut health and develop all our senses, then I, I think that's a, a massive boon. If you steer them towards, in part to commas, healthier choices and not demonize, but say, look, explain what you need to do and let them all everybody sit down and have the family meal and, and start building up other things which, which can help kids and help families and help people in general, then I think that's the way forward. Like a bold face and a big slicing knife down the middle and say, all that's good on one side and all that's rubbish on the other side. Totally impractical, not going to work. And logistically, it's, it's hard to get the amount of food for that healthy living, you know, the organic, this, that, the next. That's not going to work. It's completely impractical. But, but you know, mean, allow I people mean, to make those choices. Yeah. Allow them by educating them. And yes. I think this process of what they're doing with that is getting the conversation started. Yeah. This conversation is helping massively. You asking me and you bringing it out into the, in, into the mainstream thinking is massively helpful, PJ. Because now people are, are beginning to question, you know, what's that about? What's that about? Yeah. And Google being what it is, it's quite helpful. But, you know, it's starting the debate, it's starting people to ask the question. So I think it's a, it's a fantastic thing what they're after doing. Irene is asking a question here, Tone. Should pre-packed dinners like the pizzas and chicken nuggets, should that all be banned? They're really only created for children and might even affect hormonal imbalance as well as their weight. Well, again, they do affect hormonal imbalance. Like, oh. and like we, we, if we eat something, like there's two hormones in our body that get affected by what we eat. One is insulin, which regulates our blood sugar. That's down to the type of food we eat, how quickly the, the sugar is absorbed. And the other is um, the one that controls appetite, uh, appetite, satiation, ghrelin, and leptin. So all these hormones react to the food that we eat, and they then, you know, put fat on, release fat, uh, reduce our blood sugar, get our blood sugar up or down depending on what we need and so like everything is is hormonal in our body all the reactions to the environment that we're in that's all hormonal so what we've got to do is maybe get a little insight into what happens and when we're informed we can inform the choices we make around the food that we choose so that's what we've got to start doing and the sooner we bring that into school curriculum so that our kids have an understanding of the cause and effect in food then you're, you're you're better equipping them to make to make the choices you know that will hopefully lead to the um to, re- to the reduction in, in the obese state that we're seeing now on a global rate, and especially in first world countries like our own, growing and spiraling out of control. Okay. Tony, it's a pleasure uh, to talk to you. Good man, and thank you for taking our call. That's Tony Martin. Uh, he's a nutrition and performance coach. Thanks, Tony. Corks 96 FM.